0: Steve Powell, father to 19-year-old Sidney Powell, was concerned when he found himself unable to log into his daughter's student website to pay for her annual tuition. He contacted the university's administration only to discover that Sydney had been suspended and dropped out of college several months prior without informing him or her mother. It turned out she had been falsely claiming to attend classes while living in a hotel instead of her college dorm. Steve immediately contacted his wife to share this devastating news and decided to confront Sydney about her charade. What they didn't know is that this conversation would ultimately lead to the murder of a mother, Brenda Powell, done by none other than Sydney herself, using a frying pan and a knife as weapons. Today, we'll be talking about the case of Sydney Powell.
1: With co-host William.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You have to remind everyone again.
1: Yes, I'm still here
0: the story begins with a woman by the name of brenda powell who's been living in ohio ever since she was a teenager she graduated from university of akron and went on to work as a child life specialist in the hematology and oncology unit at the local children's hospital she eventually got married to steve powell and had two children one of them is a teenage girl by the name of sydney powell now sydney she was described to be this straight a student in high school She also played a few sports like soccer and a year of lacrosse. And she eventually managed to earn a presidential scholarship in Mount Union University, which is the university she chose to attend to for her studies. She started college in the fall of 2018, and she would always come back home every time she has winter or summer break. Her relationship with her mother, a lot of the sources in our research stated that they had a very close relationship and Sydney even considered her mother to be her best friend. And throughout her time in college, she did not share any details of her performance at school, not even when she came home for the summer in 2019. Because at this time, she was actually already keeping her failing grades a secret. She failed three out of four classes in this particular semester, and as a result, she received a written notice that stated that she is suspended, which means that she was unenrolled in this university or no longer a student. But even when this was happening, she was a little at war with herself. She was in denial. She was still attending classes and student meetings outside of classes. She still stayed in her dorm room when she was actually not allowed to stay due to her suspension. The college administrators even told her that she needs to move out immediately, and her card access would soon to be terminated. During the period of her suspension, one of the college administrators named Michelle Gaffney called her into the administration office and said to her something along the lines of, Sydney, I think you might be confused. You're no longer a student here, so you need to move out. But Sydney replied with, but I'm still a student here. She was basically in denial at this point. And this is when she started to live in a hotel room and spent late February of 2020 paying cash to stay there to kind of maintain her illusion to her friends and parents that she hadn't been kicked out of college.
1: She stayed in a hotel? Yeah, she did. For months?
0: For three months.
1: That's expensive, no?
0: Maybe she spent all of her money. But I also find it incredibly disappointing that the educational system, especially her university, wasn't there to guide her or to console her and ending up expelling her over a semester of bad grades because she was only a student for a year when this happened, right? And for reference, in my university, you get your own like guidance or guardian lecturer to keep your academic performances in check. And if you're like one of the troubled students academic-wise, like Sydney, you would be guided in order for you to get back in track for your next semesters. I feel like what she needed at this point was guidance. Someone telling her that you can always get better in the next semester or retake those courses or give her some kind of like an alternative.
1: Also, a semester of bad grades, she failed one semester, all her classes in one semester. How does that lead to suspension straight away? Isn't there supposed to be a warning?
0: It's not mentioned in the sources that we gathered, the public information regarding this. But yeah, they expelled her for a semester of bad grades. I mean, we're led to believe that college is the most important thing in the world when it really is not for everybody. I feel like we need to stop making kids think that this is the only right way to live. It really isn't fair. At the very least, they should have guided her. And even if they do, needed to expel her, at least guide her when, you know, she has to face her parents and also tell them that there are many alternatives other than college. Make sure that they'd have a broader perspective over the situation. I'm just thinking about the best interest of the child, you know? Yeah. Yeah. At this point, I'm not justifying what she is about to do next. Moving on to the story. At this point, Sydney still didn't tell her parents about her academic troubles and continued to live in the hotel room and pretending to attend classes. Her mom would even sometimes call her to remind her to keep her grades up so that she wouldn't lose the presidential scholarship, and she would answer by telling her that the grades were fine. It wasn't until her dad tried to sign into the college online portal to send an additional check to cover tuition fees, where it denied him access. He finally asked Sydney why it wouldn't let him in. Basically, the 529 plan didn't cover all the tuition for the year, so he had to make personal checks and he needed to log into the online portal to see how much he had to pay. When he asked Sydney about it, she told him that she was going to ask the college administrators what was wrong with the online portal. He didn't have any reason to not trust her at this point, since she was always a trustworthy child with a history of academic success. The next month, her dad received a call from Mount Union officials and they said that they needed to speak to him as a matter of urgency. They then proceeded to inform him that Sydney was no longer enrolled at the college. And when he asked how long this had been the case, all they said was, you'd have to ask her yourself.
1: I think the college handled it really badly. Why did it take a month after he was trying to pay the school fees? And it's not really a month after she's been suspended, right? Expelled.
0: So she was already been expelled from the university for about three months at this point. Yeah, I also just really can't understand why the university's administrator chose to tell the parents now at this time rather than earlier with Sydney when she was expelled.
1: The process is just really bad. The way they reported it to him and the way they handled the situation, the way uh, they didn't handle Sydney properly, everything.
0: Yeah. Like, they could have acted as like a third party and actually do their job as educators, right? Yeah. So after receiving the phone call, Steve went on to check his phone to open this application called 360 Live. It's basically an app like Zenly, where you can see the location of the people in your contact list. And he saw that Sydney was at home at this time, so he immediately left work and went back home and confronted her about the problem. When he told her that he knew about what happened to her in college, she actually responded by telling him that she was merely having some troubles in college, but she was still a student. She wasn't expelled and still attending some classes with her friends and her roommate Lauren. Her dad actually responded to her with understanding, telling her that they'd go through the semester together and even allowed her to take the summer off to figure things out. And she was crying at this point, telling him that she doesn't seem to have her life together, but her friends do. It was clear that she felt lost in despair, and was petrified for disappointing her family. She was seen unsure on how to handle these emotions she had kept for months from everyone, and so her dad suggested they call her mom who was at work. Her mom then immediately went back home to talk to her, and Brenda, her mom, was said to be an emotionally sensible and empathetic woman more than capable of de-escalating highly emotional situations as she had to do everyday work with children and teenagers with cancer. When her mom arrived, her dad actually left to go back to work, but they kept in touch via text message and at 12.41pm, Steve sent her the last text she would ever receive. He said, and I quote, So what did you discuss with Sydney? And Brenda never answered because a few moments before she couldn't, this is what happened. She left a phone message to the administrative office in the university telling them that she wanted to discuss Sydney's situation. It was Michelle Gaffney and Dean Frazier who got the message and they returned the call straight away. So the phone's record showed that after Brenda was telling the administrator who she was, she was like, yes, this is Brenda Powell. The administrator then immediately heard a hard thud then loud screams, then continued thuds and pounding noises accompanied with again the loud screams over the phone. Then the telephone line ended. They tried calling Brenda's phone back for a few times but it kept on getting denied until the third attempt when they heard someone saying hello this is Brenda. But the voice wasn't of Brenda's and they figured out that it was Sydney pretending to be Brenda and they said Sydney we know that this is you and the other line hung up. They immediately then called the police. Here is the nine one one call.
1: They're on the phone, and um, there was a lot of screaming going on, so he couldn't really say if it, it was like a physical fight, but just heard like a lot of
0: uh, yelling and screaming going on. And then he tried calling back twice, and there was no, um, uh, there was no callback. So impersonating her mother wasn't the only thing Sydney did to try to cover up what had happened. After she hung up the phone with the university's administrator, she went to stage a crime scene by breaking a window to make it look like there had been a break-in. At this time, Steve's detective friend called him asking why the police were called to their home, and he immediately called Sydney, who then became hysterical when she heard that the police were on their way. When the police arrived, she told them that there had been a break-in and that her mother was attacked and told her to run away to safety. But the police didn't believe her because the crime scene looked obviously staged. So then she went into a hysteria. She was screaming and crying hysterically at this point. Then soon the hysteria stopped as she silently lay on the ground in a fetal position. When the police went into their house, they found a cast iron skillet on the floor in the master bedroom alongside a bloodied steak knife. Forensic pathologist concluded that Brenda Powell had died as a result of multiple blunt and sharp force injuries. So Sydney had hit her mother multiple times over the head with a heavy cast iron skillet, then took the steak knife and stabbed her repeatedly at least 23 times to her face, arms, and skull. It was suggested that her mother attempted to defend herself from Sydney but wasn't able to save her life at the end. Now. In court, her attorneys actually contended that the attack had occurred in the middle of a psychotic break, meaning she could not comprehend that her actions were wrong. As evidence, they pointed to her catatonic state after the killing. They also stated that her denial of her own reality that she does continuously is schizophrenia. They brought in three psychological experts to testify to this fact and Sydney had told one of them that she didn't remember the attack at all and that her last memory was of sitting on the couch with her mother as she confronted her. The prosecution then pointed out the fact that Sydney's methodical staging of the scene is an evidence that there was no psychotic break and that she was mentally fit at the time of the crime. They also brought rebuttal witnesses, but they testified that Sydney does have borderline personality traits and unspecified anxiety disorder, and concluded that Sydney was malingering or exaggerating the psychological symptoms to distort the course of justice. Ultimately, the jury agreed that she was exaggerating, and on September 20th, 2023, Sydney Powell was found guilty on all accounts of purposeful murder, felony murder, assault, and tampering with evidence. She murdered her mother and attempted to cover it up on September 28th, 2023 and she was sentenced to 15 years to life in prison and she'll be 38 years old by the time she is eligible for parole. My comment is that I really (laughs) fail to grasp her thought process. What is going on through her mind? Like it just escalates so quickly and so far.
1: It's as if her failing is a life and death situation. Which is not, it's still one semester. And I don't understand, too, actually.
0: Like, I'm really confused why it's such a traumatizing event to the point that all she could think of is, like, murder.
1: Like, okay, I mean, we've all failed. But who in the right mind would think, yes, I'm gonna kill someone?
0: No, I don't think it's like, yes, I'm gonna kill someone. I feel like it's like the embarrassment took over, you know, because her mom was about to call the administrative office. She just couldn't bear the thought of going through with the consequences of her failure, you know?
1: Okay, but from the stories that you've told about her parents, they're the types of parents that don't really pressure their kids. And she shouldn't feel pressured at all. So I do, I still don't get why she's so scared of embarrassment or like she's she has this anxiety.
0: Yeah, actually, you're right. I don't know either. And disclaimer, this is not justifying anything that she did, especially her crimes. This is just a discussion on why she did it. But what do you guys think? You can tell us by leaving a review on Apple Podcast or on Spotify about this episode, or you can DM us on Instagram via at mindbogglersTCS to tell us what you think or what you feel about this case. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye!